0: Welcome to Speak for Yourself. I'm Marcellus Wiley. That's Emmanuel. Acho. Inside jokes here. We're getting started in the NBA, where the Sixers went into game one last night against the Heat without MVP candidate Joel Embiid. Unfortunately for Philly, James Harden put together another forgettable playoff performance and a loss scoring just 16 points on 5 of 13. shooting, yup. And added five turnovers. Ugh. Sixers were outscored by 15 in the second half, where Harden only took
1: four shots. Otto, did Harden let down the Sixers' game one? Mm. So I got something in my notes, but I'ma disregard my notes, big dog. Oh, I don't need them. Oh, you don't, I don't want need them? I can right. still read also with that paper toy. So <laughs> don't let me just you in with case. The drama. <laughs> um, James Harden didn't let the Sixers down because James Harden was never holding the Sixers up. Oh, now On James here. Harden has On been here. atrocious, but we have to remember, you can't let somebody down if you was never holding them up in the first place. And mm. B was holding them up, mm. not James Harden. So how could you argue that he let them down? Here's what it is, y'all. And here's what we all have to accept. James Harden is done. Finito. He's gassed. He's expired. It's a wrap. And for good reason. So the last 10 seasons, you want to talk about who's played the most minutes in ball? LeBron James, who we also saw running out of gas this year, and James Harden second. Y'all think it doesn't have an effect, but you just got to look at the numbers. Look at James Harden in Houston, the shots he was putting up per game. Look at James Harden in Houston, the points he was scoring per game. Then you go to Brooklyn, less shots, obviously less points. And now you look in Philly, significantly less points and significantly fewer shots. James Harden is done. Mm. And we got to stop expecting him to rise from the grave like Lazarus. It ain't going to (laughs) happen. It's a wrap because he's wrapped. He's tied, boss. (laughs) So I can't argue that James Harden let the Sixers down Uh. because James Harden was never actually the pillar that was holding the Sixers up. James Harden was supposed to come in at best be a number two problem. He's coming. He's been a number three. Some would argue a number four. But truth be told, the expectations for James Harden were too high. If you had read the fine print and anytime you acquire a new product, what you should do, but you don't do is read the fine print. Mm. If you would have read the fine print on James Harden, you would have seen expires soon. Mm. That's what you would have noticed. <laughs> so every time I, get, I got meal delivery, big dog. What you mean? Like, you, I don't have... You, any, like, you got DoorDash like everybody else No, no, not DoorDash. I got oh. a meal to live. I'm out of the Uber, Eats. No, a chef make me some meals. They drop them oh. off on Mondays, drop them off on Wednesdays, drop them off on Thursdays. You feel me? I ain't got kids to make food for, so I don't need leftovers. Your food getting old on the weekend, though. That part. All right. My food gets old. But here's the thing about my meals. Before I get them, because like Marcella said, my food gets old, particularly on the weekends, <laughs> yeah, I check, and I check that little expiration date, because mm. I always got to make sure I'm not about to eat an expired meal. Okay. What the Sixers did not do and have not realized is that James Harden is, oh, he an expired meal. Mm. James Harden was expiring. He was expiring in Brooklyn. We just didn't notice because he was still scoring 23 points a game. Mm. And there was so much other chaos going on in Brooklyn that you couldn't actually fixate and you couldn't see the main thing as the main thing. Mm. So did Harden let the Sixers down? Nah. Did he play terribly? Mm. Absolutely. Has he been playing terribly beyond a shadow of a doubt? But did he let him down? No, he didn't let him down. Oh. He was never holding him up. Ooh, that, that, that was poetic. I, I, I have to disagree,
0: though. He let him down. But we're going to get to the same place just a different way. He let them down in terms of expectations. But I agree with you. We are now seeing the ashes, the cremation of James Harden just floating through the air not being who he is in terms of greatness, that is behind him. And I want want to certify him and say I think it's officially behind him. I said this about two months ago about James Harden. I said I think he's a baller but not a professional basketball player anymore. And there's a big difference. When you're a baller in the offseason, you know what you do? You get run. Just show up at UCLA, just show up with the ball in your hand, your loose Adidas sweatsuit on, rip it off and just ball, ball, ball. But then the professional basketball players also know it's about going home and having that meal, proper meal, chef, delivery. They also know about it's about proper rest. They also know it's about the therapy. They just know that there's more to it because you're older doing it. It's just like your car. The longer you keep your car, the more maintenance you got to do with the same car. This vehicle has been taxed. You showed the numbers right there. But look at the difference between James Harden and LeBron James, even just in Muscle tone. Just even in just physical fitness, you can see a difference. And then third on your list was who? DeMar DeRozan from Compton, who I know, who works his ass off. Look at the difference and look at the production level. These are all guys playing around the same amount of minutes for a decade, but vastly different outcomes. DeMar DeRozan out there balling this year, he was. Mm-hmm. Lamar, LeBron James, damn near in the MVP conversation this year. James Harden, whole different category. So I say why he let them down is this. Imagine in case of emergency in your home. I've been to your home. I hope you have a fire extinguisher somewhere because the damn thing is 15 levels. So in case of emergency, you break glass, right? Now, imagine you break glass, you pull out the fire extinguisher, and nothing comes out. That's James Harden to the Philadelphia 76ers right now. Embiid, okay, we got some problem. All right, somebody put this fire out. We're missing Embiid for games one and two for sure. Oh, James Harden. You can't put this fire out. I know, Acho, you're not in the same relationship status as I, but I have a wife who's very intelligent, has her master's degree, and doesn't work. She takes care of the most important things in our life, our kids. Mm -hmm. But imagine if I lose my job, not go home. And I'm like, baby, I'm in B right now. I got a fracture, baby. I need you. I need you right now. Go back to work. And she's like, nah, I'm not going to go back to work. I'm not going to put in that work right now. That's not what I'm here for. James Harden just did that for the Philadelphia 76ers, and you want to tell me that he didn't let them down? You are supposed to be the life raft in this moment, and now you got us out here
1: drowning. But li- Ooh, that's good. That's good. I brought, my dog brought some heat. I'm sorry. Brought some heat. Brought some heat. I um... James Harden done got them out there drowning themselves because you have to understand what role people play. We've all been in this situation. I know y'all been in this situation mm. where you have no expectations, so you couldn't let me down. You know, finally, after somebody does no. you wrong, does you wrong, does you wrong, does you wrong, wrong, they show up and they apologize. Hey, I'm sorry I wasn't there for you, man. I know I let you down. And you just look at him and you chuckle. It's a half-hearted chuckle. like <laughs> I didn't plan on you being there anyway. Mm. At the point in which you saw James Harden be absent, For five out of six of your first round games versus the Raptors, five out of six, that's 83.3% repeating. Mm -hmm. At the point in which you saw him be absent Mm -hmm. for five out of six of the games, why in the world did you think he was going to be present for this one? What led you to believe that James Harden was going to be present in this game? When you saw him be absent so for, for so many of the other games, to me though, that mm. is wishful thinking. Mm. That is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. To me, that, that's asinine. It makes no sense. So to, to have been let down by James Harden would have been foolish. It, it would have been to, to be idiotic. And I'm a, real, no. I'm a real fan, not so much a fan of the Sixers, but I'm a realist about these Sixers. We knew at some point in time, for whatever reason, unfortunately, Embiid was likely going to miss time. Because Embiid has played the most impactful season of his career. Mm. But we also know, for whatever reason, you know, some guys just get hurt. Unfortunate circumstances. Kind of like Carson Wentz. Takes a knee by Jadavion Clowney. He in the playoffs. The one time Carson Ah. was going to play in the playoffs, now Carson Wentz just gets hurt. Some guys just get hurt. It's not even their fault. It just happens. Mm -hmm. So we knew at some point in time, Embiid was likely going to miss a game or two. Hopefully, he recovers quickly and swiftly from that concussion. However... James Harden, been tapped. He been tapped, Sal. He was tapped Mm. last year in the playoffs Mm -hmm. with the Nets. Mm -hmm. He was tapped again this year during the course of the regular season. He been tapped. So to say that he let you down is to have an unrealistic expectation for him. And why would you do that? Sal, if you were to leave your crib tonight, you and anne go on a date. We are going somewhere, too. I ain't gonna tell what y'all. I? Until I,
0: you know I'm a latogram, and no ticket. It's not no invite. <laughs> if it was free, you'd be going, but I ain't paying. So for you.
1: if you was to leave mm-hmm. and leave uh, the sink full of dishes, that's normal. Normal and you come back and you get mad at MJ, your six-year-old son, like, MJ! That ain't normal. Why didn't you do these dishes? You know I left these dishes in the sink for you to do. You know he's six, right? Exactly! I hope he don't damn dry them dishes. Exactly! James Harden ain't six. But the point is, you have an expectation based upon what you know MJ can and cannot accomplish. Mm. You gotta have an expectation of James Harden based on what you know he can and cannot accomplish. Mm. And at this stage of his career, he cannot accomplish putting a team on his back. He will crumble under the squat rack.
0: (laughs) Hold on now first of all, you got him at six years old, figuratively speaking. When uh, James Harden, when he first five games, when he got to Philadelphia, everybody was like, oh, my God, he hit the ground running. Average 25 points a game. That's a full-grown man, adult. Then he took a step back to 19 and a half, basically 20 points a game for the remaining games they had of the season, 23 of them. Still a teenager, if not ready to drink. I don't know. He ain't no six-year-old trying to do dishes. Let's tell you that. Let's get our expectations in order, okay? We're talking about a former MVP. We're talking about J- – We're talking about James Harden. And when you talk about James Harden, there is a level of expectation of greatness because James Harden, at one time, James Harden recently scored over 30 points for 32 straight games. Mm -hmm. Like, James Harden is silly with it. Was. That's the point. So when you talk about somebody great, And then you're like they're in limbo. You still have an expectation because one, when you're great and you're not playing well, they always say, oh, he's in a slump. He'll shoot his way out the slump. He'll figure his way out the slump. Then he goes to a new team. And you're like, well, it's because he's trying to get acclimated. Now he's in a beta role. He's not the star of the team. He's Joel Embiid's assistant. So in that role. OK, we can see where James Harden is not necessarily being James Harden. But when Joel Embiid is injured and the, and the path is clear for you to be James Harden, hell yeah, the expectations are you come home to some clean dishes. You come home to James Harden out there cooking. The problem is you're not getting that out of James Harden. Let me go on record with conjecture and tell you why I think it's not going to happen. Even though I'm saying he's letting him down. I'm trying to tell them that it's going to be a day where you're resetting your expectations, but not just yet. You know about Dante's Inferno and different levels of heat, as let's call it, heat. I learned this from a lot of athletes, including myself, that there's Dante's Inferno in all of us in terms of our level of competition, our level of competitiveness. What level of heat do you want to turn this thing up to to get there? I would say the highest level being Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, like guys who just live or die. They got to go out there and burn it up. And then there's other guys who are just satisfied, content with whatever they were. I was not a Kobe Bryant mentality. I was a mindful player. I was a guy who had options. Who knew it? I wasn't going to run through everything, all the fires for certain reasons. And I'm looking at James Harden and I just think this is a guy who's content right now. I think he's like my legacy is in, in store. My legacy is intact. People are going to think of what they think of me. I have put in enough work to be this level. And now I'm just a baller. And if he were to ever try to
1: reset that, maybe it's a little too
0: late. But in terms of expectation, they're still high enough where he's let them down.
1: So what Kanye say? How I I ain't bring nothing to the table when when I'm I'm the the table. table. That's my favorite line. Don't do that. Don't do that. How I ain't bring nothing to the table when I'm the table. Mm. How is James Harden in a slump when he the slump? He is the slump. James Harden ain't in a slump, big dog. He quite literally is the slump. Mm -hmm. James Harden played 44 games with the Nets on this season, big dog. He had 12 games with 20-plus field goal attempts. He got 28 games with the Sixers, big dog. Mm -hmm. He has no games with 20-plus field goal attempts. Different role. James Harden ain't in a slump. James Harden is the slump. Mm -hmm. James Harden ain't even trying to go out there and get buckets. Stack Jack, Steven Jackson, 16 years in the NBA, NBA champion, came on this show and said, you know how hard it is to put up 25 shots? Like guys that are getting 30, 40, 50 points a game, Mm -hmm. it is exhausting Mm -hmm. to put up 25 shots. Take it from a 16-year NBA veteran, NBA champion, telling us it's exhausting to put up them shots. James Harden is the slump because James Harden is exhausted, big dog. He's tired. Like, it's not even that he doesn't desire to score the points. He just ain't got the energy to score the points. Marcellus Wiley, the dude shot four field goals in the last 20 minutes of the game. Yeah. Three field goals, excuse me, four points. Three field goals. In the last 20 minutes of the game, you got 20 minutes and you only attempt three (laughs) shots? Yeah. Like, it's not a matter of skill. It's a matter of will. Or it's a matter of energy level. Mm. And with James Mm. Harden at this junction in time sale, we have to stop expecting so much from him because he ain't got it. He ain't let him down. Mm -hmm. He just ain't got it. Accept him for who he is. No. No.
0: You know in sports— People are reluctant to accept you as you are. We just went through the NFL draft. They're not looking at those players who they are. They're looking at those players who they can be. Yes, sir. That's how you get drafted. Yes, sir. Now, when you're a great and you made it, trust me, a guy who was at the top of the mountain who came down, Dallas bet on me still being at the top of the mountain. And then Jacksonville still bet on me after Dallas lost their bet on me still being at the top of the mountain. That's how the game goes. You know why? And I'm going to tell you, I see it with James Harden. Preparation is the separation. Separation. Talk about it, Seth. And you say he doesn't look like he has desire. Desire is not fully shown in performance. Desire is not fully shown when you're out there in those 48 minutes. It's shown when no one's looking. It's shown in the offseason. You get your main tank from how you prepare. And now you can't go out there and just say, hey, give me the rock. I'm a baller. I'm going to make this happen. I think James Harden is giving full effort. I think they fully believe. I think full effort with a limited capacity. Yes, sir. But I also think that they are are thinking fully in expectation of James Harden carrying the load. Why would you trade for James Harden? You trade for James Harden because there's someone who's getting paid six figures, if not seven figures, to look at every NBA player and say, who's got it? And who doesn't? And they're placing bets on guys. And they placed a bet on James Harden. And now it looks like it's a losing bet. But to say that they didn't bet high, didn't bet an expectation, is where we differ. We both agree James Harden spent. James Harden taxed. James Harden done. But in terms of what the Sixers are thinking, oh, they're thinking much higher than you're thinking.
1: That's fair. But here's what I have to remind the Sixers of. Um, James Harden's talent level is kind of like cartilage it cannot regenerate. Yeah, 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 yeah. What you know about, you get a lot of surgeries in the NFL. I've had several. Marcellus have several. You have a lot of surgeries and injuries as a pro athlete. Mm. But there is nothing worse than that micro knee surgery.
0: Yeah, I remember that.
1: That microfracture knee surgery. That'll put you out. Because once you have that microfracture knee surgery, your doctor going to come up to you and be like, look, mm. if you bone on bone right there under that kneecap, mm. can't really do much for you. Because that cartilage that's Yo. supposed to supply the cushion from them knee from them bones just rubbing together to where you aching with every step, <laughs> every step, I can't make it regenerate. James Harden's talent level at this junction in time, it cannot and it will not mm. regenerate. So the Sixers just have to understand exactly who he is. Now, Sal, you said something in earlier in the show and I got to call you out. Oh, let's go. Early in the show, Marcellus Wiley. After you,
0: you after you give Melvin Gordon some prayer. I remember there was one athlete, I was like, oh, he came. You came back from Michael Fashion? Mm, yeah.
1: Melvin Gordon. I'm giving of that. that. I'm but giving that. No, no, I hear you. But, but anyway, I got to call I, you out for a second. Calm. You said you came to my house, big dog said you said I ain't had no fire extinguisher. Now, I don't know... No, I, I'm asking. Do you? I hope you do. I would hope that you know, based on how you was in every room, nook, and crevice, and cranny of my house. <laughs> Marcella's coming in my house, and he in my master bedroom. I hadn't even been in my master bedroom yet. He in my master bedroom are hydrating, just talking to everybody from my crib, in my bedroom, on my patio, on my balcony, in my house. And you don't know if there are fire extinguisher. You tell me. I uh, uh, yeah, May I talk for myself? May I, may I represent myself in court?
0: Um, I didn't ask you, did you have a safe? Because I know where your safe at. I'm up in there right by right, right that safe. Boy, well, I was in there looking at Emmys and everything. I was like, oh, this is another book. He got another book coming out. Beautiful master bedroom. I'm glad I alerted you that you had a master bedroom since you ain't been up in there before. Man, take me off of there before you see who's behind me. All right, all right. Coming up, Chris Paul and the son took care of the Mavs at Game 1 last night. Boy, you fool, but is Phoenix the best team in the West? No, I didn't jump, y'all, damn it. But first, Hollywood (laughs) Brown wanted out of Baltimore and got his wish. But I'll tell you what that says about Uh his now former quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Next, on Speak for Yourself. For them sheets, all that.
1: The- Lamar Jackson was not pleased after the Ravens traded his wide receiver, Hollywood Brown, to the Cardinals on draft day. But Brown later said that he told his former quarterback and friend ahead of time about the move and felt that, quote, the system just wasn't for me personally. So, still. Man, what does Hollywood Brown wanting out of Baltimore say about his star quarterback and former unanimous MVP, Lamar Jackson?
0: Yeah, this is all bad for all in purple. Um, I think there are three reasons. I'm going to call it three and a B. I got a bonus one as well. But three things it says. First thing is this system sucks in Baltimore. Okay. second thing is hey Lamar Jackson, you my dog. I love you. We're going to talk about that when people say they love you and then they try to drop something on you. Lamar Jackson, I love you, but guess what? You're not good enough to overcome that system that sucks. That's number two. And the third thing is, since they're questioning if Greg Roman is a competent offensive coordinator in the passing game, and they're still questioning Lamar Jackson at the quarterback position, the last thing I'm going to do is sit here And let them question, should I get paid as a top receiver in this league? So I got a dip. Now, here's the bonus of it all, because it tells me something about you, Hollywood Brown, too. I want to remind my man that everywhere you go, there you are. So you trying to run from this problem that you guys couldn't overcome together and you want to go run back home, run back home to your college quarterback to help make you, may not be the best solution for you in this moment. I can see why he wanted to go, though. I got to respect this part. This is a dude that runs a 4-3 and last year was out there 11 yards per catch, 80th in the NFL, worst of his career so far. He's looking at all of the things trending in Baltimore in terms of the passing game as going down, even though Lamar Jackson was on pace to have some career numbers in certain categories if he would have stayed healthy. My bigger point is about their relationship, but I'm going to hold that hold one I'ma tease that, that, one. One Keep that one until I hear Keep what my dog it. is going to blast Keep with. Keep that one in the back pocket because yes. yeah. let me
1: come out the gate with this one. Um, Hollywood Brown wanting out is total and complete condemnation on Lamar Jackson and his ability to grow in the NFL. Why do I say that? To be great in the National Football League and take it from someone who was never, thus I have to understand what it was like (laughs) to be great. To be great in the National Football League, you have to master the art of the pivot. Okay. I played with several great players, and I know several other that are even greater. And you have to be able to master the art of the pivot. Dwight Freeney had a spin move, but boy, did he have a speed yeah 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 Uh, von miller had an up and under but boy could he just beat you with a straight dip Mm. talk to reggie bush about it and reggie bush will tell you that yeah some of his greatest moves were his electrifying speed but he also knew he had to try to run you over the first player the first quarter of the game Mm. because if i can run you over then i can do anything Mm -hmm. if i have power first then i can beat you with my speed and with my moves to be great in the nfl you got to master the art of the pivot. Lamar Jackson will never be able to master the art of the pivot if Greg Roman, coupled with Lamar Jackson, are running top flight receivers out of Baltimore. Hmm. Think about when Lamar Jackson was at his best. Lamar Jackson was not the first pick of his draft class by Baltimore. There was a tight end by the name of Hayden Hurst. Mm. Then later on in that same class, there was another tight end, third overall, third round rather, by the name of Mark Andrews. The Baltimore Ravens killed their opponents between the hashes. Tight ends, tight ends, hand it off. Tight ends, tight ends, hand it off. Tight ends, tight ends, shot. That's how the Ravens won. Excellent. The Ravens are trying to get back to that. If y'all were not aware, Ravens drafted two tight ends in this past Mm -hmm. draft, both in the fourth round. So as the Ravens Mm -hmm. have seen Lamar Jackson statistically decline, please throw it up there so you all can see it. As the Ravens have seen Lamar Jackson statistically decline from his unanimous MVP season, which you all see in 2019, to his 2020 season to his 2021 season, the Ravens have to revert back to what got them there. As Marcellus Wiley told me, as Magic Johnson told me, what got you here will take you there. Yeah. So the Ravens are trying to revert back to what got Lamar Jackson here. Tight ends, tight ends, kill him between the hashes. So Hollywood Brown is like, hey, that winning formula for Lamar Jackson was a losing formula for me. Mm. And it is, in fact, also a losing formula for any big-time receiver or who Hollywood Brown truly is, any aspiring big-time receiver. So the reason this trade is condemnation on Lamar Jackson is because what is most successful for Lamar Jackson, historically speaking, is damnation for star-wide receivers. No Mm. star-wide receiver wants to play on a team where one or two tight ends are bigger focal points than them. I don't know that Lamar Jackson can grow into the quarterback we want Lamar Jackson to grow into as long as the Ravens offense is fixated on tight ends, and as long as the Ravens offense is fixated on winning and winning between the hashes, because wide receivers will not want to come there and will not want to play there. I'll say this final point. Hmm. Think about all of the receiver shakeup this offseason. Tyree Kill goes from Kansas City to Miami. Devontae Adams goes from Green Bay to Las Vegas. Then you have Debo Samuel, who wants to leave uh, uh, the Niners. But here's the thing. Why ain't anybody asking to play with the unanimous MVP? All the quarterbacks that you can go out here and play with. Devontae Adams, man, let me go play with Carr. Tyree Kills, let me just go get some money. (laughs) But nobody's talking about playing with Lamar Jackson. So in the midst of all this game of musical chairs, how come nobody wants to sit down on Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman, how come nobody wants to sit down at their table? To me, that's very damning. Mm. I don't know what receivers were drafted from Louisville because it seemed like
0: Devontae just went back to his college quarterback. We see Marquise Brown going to his college quarterback and everybody else just going to chase the money. So (laughs) that ain't damning, really, if you're Lamar Jackson, but I hear you, big dog. Let's not give my man Hollywood Brown a pass because I think you just try to give him a pass. Hollywood Brown didn't know who they were drafting. Hollywood Brown didn't even care who they were drafting. He already told them he wanted to leave, as I say, quote from my man Peter King, respect. He didn't like the offense. Too conservative, not enough big strikes. And he wanted to be reunited with his boy from college. So this sounds like you know how it goes. Once you get into the offseason, you start looking around, man, what happened, man? Man, shoot. Man, they didn't even give me the rock the same. Even though you had career numbers in terms of yards. But then his yards per reception, I give him that, went down. And he had his fewest touchdowns. So he's looking around, forgetting that he got drops everywhere. 15 drops tied for 11th in the NFL since he's been in the NFL. But we ain't going to talk about our warts. We're going to talk about all the stuff that makes us feel good and look good. So he's looking around like this offense sucks. And then the conversation shifts. But is my quarterback better than this offense? And that's where the indictment comes. I love when people say, man, in the middle of a conversation, you know, I love you, right? That's when I pause. Just like Andre say, if you say real talk, I probably don't trust you. You only say I love you. And I love this when your love is already in question. They bring it up right when they know that they doubt in your love and their love for you in that moment. You ain't got to give Lamar Jackson any comfort in this moment. He knows what you said. He knows that if you don't trust Greg Roman, that's one thing, but you don't trust me, that's a whole different conversation. Please don't couple those two the same. So now we get into what the NFL really is. You told me that the NFL is about you shifting and adjusting and having counters to whatever you're doing. I like to say, basically, the NFL is going to always ask you one question. How strong are your weaknesses? (laughs) don't, Don't tell me how strong you are. Don't tell me your strengths. How strong are your weaknesses, the things you can't do? How good can you do them? Because if not, we got a problem. You're looking at Lamar Jackson, and I'm tired of people damning him, and we might have to start fighting up here because I love you. Is the fact that, <laughs> see, I'm sick. Um, is the fact that people look at Lamar Jackson like he's in total decline. What he is doing is fighting a system that is trying to take him back and regression, and he's still trying to progress. Only thing that stopped Lamar Jackson last year from putting up career numbers was injury, not even this system. You don't believe me? Ask Hollywood Brown in his career numbers he put up last year.
1: Here's a problem, no-sell. Mm-hmm. Your actions speak so loud I can't hear what you're telling me. I heard that. Before. And Hollywood's departure from Baltimore is speaking volumes about Lamar Jackson because Hollywood does not want to put his NFL life in Lamar Jackson's hands. I can cut that. Hollywood Brown it. is coming upon year four. Mm-hmm. Y'all know what year four means for first-round picks. It means it's time to potentially re-up and/or pick up that fifth-year option. Just eat. So Hollywood is looking around like Tyreek just got a hundred-plus mil, Stefan just got a hundred-plus mil, Devontae just got a hundred-plus mil, Debo about to get a hundred-plus mil, AJ Brown just got a hundred-plus mil. It's time for me to get my hundred-plus mil. Mm. Well, who's going to get me that, Lamar Jackson? Hollywood doesn't want to put his football life in Lamar Jackson's hands. I don't care what anybody says. Your actions speak. Sel, the good yeah. thing about this show for me, every day I come into this seat knowing that you are here. True story. I'll be honest with you. Uh-oh. Real talk. Know, I know <laughs> I can put my television life in your hands. Oh. I've been on this show different times, different cats, and I'm like, yo, they just ain't come with it. Mm. But I know one thing about Marcellus Vernon Wiley mm. every single day. Rain, snow, sun, whatever in between, he going to come with it. He going to come with his takes every single day because I know this much. I am not independent of you on this show and you're not independent of me. I got to trust you. You got to trust me. We got to make TV magic. Hollywood Brown knows for me to ball, for me to get this hundred plus million dollars, I got to trust Lamar Jackson. My football life is completely dependent Mm. on Lamar Jackson. Mm. So for Hollywood to want out at this junction in time, it's not just about Greg Roman. It is about Greg Roman, but it's not just about Greg Roman. It, too, is about Lamar Jackson, regardless of what Hollywood says. It is. I agree.
0: It's about Lamar. And it's unfair to Lamar because Lamar is caught in this predicament. I don't know if this happened to you growing up, and I wonder what you would do if this was a reality. Tell me if it's true. Your best friend lives in a bad neighborhood. Bad neighborhood. Do you still go see him? I mean, a neighborhood you shook to go into, but it's your best friend. Do you still mess with him? Of course you do, right? I mean, if anybody, contempl- if anybody contemplated it, we got to talk. Because you know what's crazy? Lamar's stuck in a bad neighborhood. We get it. Greg, Lone- Greg Roman's offense in passing, once. Top 10. Baltimore. We get it. This ain't going to work out, probably. But Marquise, didn't you just ball? Didn't you just have 1,000 yards? Yes, you did. What are you talking about? You can't make this even better. Getting those tight ends will help you if you complement those tight ends with the deep playability. What he forgot is when they ran the tight end offense, Marquise Brown was dropping everything. He was. And then now they're not running that offense. You get your thousand yards and then you want to abandon it and use the cushion of the tight ends may be the issue. Man, won't you work with the tight ends? And that may open up the field even more so for you. The
1: question that everybody got to ask themselves, Lamar Jackson, whether you love him or Lamar Jackson, whether you hate him, is this. It's the chicken or the egg question. Let's go. Did we create the Greg Roman offense for Lamar Jackson because it was best suited for Lamar Jackson? Mm. Or is Greg Roman holding Lamar Jackson back? Because if we created Greg Roman's offense around Lamar Jackson, because that was what Lamar Jackson's abilities were best suited for, mm-hmm. then you can't be mad at Hollywood Brown. All right. But keep in mind, under Greg Roman's offense, Lamar Jackson was a unanimous MVP. So we can't fully blame Greg Roman's offense. But two, keep this in mind. If receivers are out here having career years under Aaron Rodgers, okay. career years under Josh Allen, mm-hmm. career years under Derek Carr in that offense, then you look at what Lamar Jackson got going, you're like, ugh, I don't want nothing to do with that. Because <laughs> you could play with guys like Rodgers, Allen, Rodgers and LaFleur, mm. Allen and Dayball at the time, Carr and John Gruden, and we know what he's supposed to be as an offensive wizard. Or you could play with Lamar and Roman. So I'm not even mad. Why are you not uh, mad at Hollywood Brown? I am. Because I it's, am. It's, it's, it's truly on either Lamar or Roman or both. I thought you
0: were about social justice.
1: Okay, talk to me. Mm-hmm.
0: They convicted him the wrong man. Y'all convicting Lamar Jackson like he doing something. Let's go back into late August, early September. What was the most injured team in the NFL going into the season? Ravens. Did y'all see J.K. Dobbins in? No, anybody? sir, we did not. Gus Edwards i No, sorry, we did not. Oh, man. Did we want to talk about Staley and oh, that? stop. Most injured team, and they still were balling. Then they lose Lamar Jackson, and it starts to fall apart. Okay. Now, Marquise Brown, through all of that, has his first 1,000-yard season without all the tight end production to the same level, without the offense looking so stagnant, even though it's Lamar Jackson for most of the season, and then he gets injured. And now you want to leave? Instead of, wait a minute, everybody's coming back healthy. Lamar's here. Lamar was on pace to have some career numbers. I had my best season. Where are you going, big dog? That's the question I can't answer. Not logically, not sensibly. Where are you going? You look at this situation, it's going to be primed for a better tomorrow. But he's leaving to go somewhere else. He got six games till Hopkins comes back. Then what is he, third, fourth on the depth chart? We'll see how it plays out. Hopefully, he can eat. Coming up, Chris Paul and the Suns had a big win against the Mavs last night, but they'll tell you if they're the best in the West. That's next. Don't speak for yourself. No doubt. Oh, all right, Chris Paul and Suns stood a 45-point performance from Luka Doncic just for to win Game One over the Mavs last night. Phoenix had a total team performance with six players scoring in double digits. Warriors also have a 1-0 lead. In their series, the high Steph Curry and the emergence of Jordan who
1: So, I you, who's the best in the West? Sons of Warriors. It's the Warriors, big dog. Now, I think the Warriors are the best remaining team in the NBA. I think the Bucks have the best player. You know why Robert with Giannis, but yeah. Warriors are the best team in the NBA 4K. because the Warriors have the one thing that you need this year to win a title. What's that? Insurance and insulation from injury. Everybody in the NBA playoffs is going to have a star of some degree get hurt. The Heat missing Kyle Lowry. Remember, last round, Jimmy Butler missed a game. The Bucks missing Middleton. The Suns missed Booker earlier on in the playoffs. The Warriors even missed Steph Curry, as we know. Mavericks, Luka missed several games. Everybody in the playoffs is going to have somebody miss time. So the most pivotal question is, is your team built to sustain the injury? And only the Warriors... Are truly built from top to bottom to sustain that departure of a star. Let's hear it. Think about Steph Curry. Didn't start first couple games in the playoffs. Jordan Poole had a day, mm. became another splash brother, if you will. Now, Jordan Poole, 31 points off the bench last game. So even if Steph misses time, if Clay misses time, if Draymond is suspended for a half, even if somebody misses time, the Warriors are the one team that is best insulated from injury. And the one thing that we know about the NBA playoffs, your star going to miss some time here or there. Mm. Even the Celtics right now, Marcus Smart questionable for the upcoming game. So you know this for certain. Mm. Everybody going to have somebody get hurt. Now the question is, can you afford to miss that somebody? I know the Warriors can. The Suns Not so much, but the Warriors, they're insulated from injury, and that's the one most pivotal piece to winning this playoffs.
0: Mm. I'm going to go on the other side. I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I'm going to get to your points because those are good points, but I think I got something to make you think different. But let's start off with pumping up the Phoenix Suns. Don't stare at the sun. You know that. You ever try to stare at the sun? I never even did. Grandma had me shook. Like, don't even try. Scared of the sun. Suns won more games than the Warriors this year. 11 more, actually, if you want to get specific. Uh, They scored more points in this season than the Golden State Warriors. Shot better than the Golden State Warriors. And the Golden State Warriors has the best shooter in the history of the NBA. Never lost two games in a row during the regular seasons. These Phoenix Suns, where the Golden State Warriors three different times, lost three games games or more during the regular season that helps in the series a team like you always bring it up oh man they're ready for the four out of seven series because you're not gonna catch them slipping twice mm. interesting there but let's get a little deeper than that let's beat up some of those points you made about injury how do the phoenix Suns look without devin booker mm. they advanced without they, devin advanced. Booker, they advanced yeah and if you look at i think this is not the, the golden state warriors go-to card, but it's certainly something they got in their back pocket. That deaf lineup 2.0, the pool party, as they call it, won't work against Phoenix. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. What makes you think you want to go small ball against any team? Because you're going to take advantage of their big defensively. Mm -hmm. Are you going to take advantage of an athletic big like DeAndre Ayton? Or JaVale McGee, who might be the most athletic center they got in the game. You see that play where he ripped Luka yesterday and then went back and dumped? Not many guys seven feet are doing that. Point being, if you're the Golden State Warriors and you try to say, okay, in case of emergency, death lineup, 2.0, pool party, they're like, we're going to keep our big on the court. And we saw this in the Denver series, and it was funny because Boogie Cousins, they were letting Boogie Cousins eat. Go ahead, go ahead. Because defensively, we know you're not going to close out on these shooters. Say that to Ayton. Say that to McGee, and you're going to have a problem if you're Golden State. Now, they split the season series, but look, Steph only played in three. Clay only played in one. But, boy, Steph didn't look great in those three. Shot 32% from the field. Clay didn't look great in that one. Shot 10% from three, 24 from the field. I don't know, big dog. I hate to say it. You don't want to look because it's the Sun, but it's <laughs> really
1: the Suns. If we being real, though, still, the only place, and I will acknowledge, that the Suns have the Warriors in the paint. That's in the it. Paint. In okay. The paint. That's the That's, That's the only place. But remember, last year DeAndre Ayton came out and scared the world. Playoffs versus yeah. the Lakers, yeah. 22 and 16, 23 and 12. Mm-hmm. But what happened to DeAndre Ayton when the going really got tough? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. DeAndre Ayton got going in the wrong way. Um, DeAndre Ayton in the NBA Finals had like a six-point game, a 10-point game, a 12-point game. Wait, what <laughs> happened to the big, bad Aiton? Oh, this ain't the finals. He disappeared. But <laughs> right at, at the point in which the Warriors were to meet the Suns, if they were to ever meet, we were going in some finals. finals of sort. Yep, not the NBA finals, There's right, right. some finals of sort. So if the best place that the Warriors actually, if the best place that the Suns stand a chance against the Warriors mm. is DeAndre Ayton, I'm just not tripping. You're not if tripping. it was Chris Paul, if it was Booker, that's one thing. But Klay Thompson pulled. Curry, they're going to eliminate Chris Paul, Booker, and some. If you're telling me the big bad DeAndre Ayton is what the Warriors got to be afraid Mm -hmm. of, that's Mm -hmm. where I'm just like, nah. Warriors got him on coaching in totality. Warriors got him on playing. In totality. Warriors mm. got them on experience. Mm. In mm. totality. Warriors have the Suns. In mm. totality. Mm. Suns got a guy that might scare you in Devin Booker, a guy that might scare you in Chris Paul, but in totality, it's the Warriors, big dog, top to bottom. Oh,
0: man, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, I said if they try to play that Def lineup card, you're not going to play it against Aiden. You're just not going to do that. Now, you guys play your normal lineup, you guys are loaded. But guess what? So are the Suns. That's why they earned the number one seed. That's why you look at the Suns. Off the bench, off the bench campaign, Cameron Johnson, JaVel McGee. They're not even getting anything out. Game one, at least sham it. And that's but a you sharp you realize
1: I will take Poole
0: over Cam, Yeah, Cam, No, you won't. JaVale. No, you won't. I'm going to use your word against you. In totality. You're using Pool in this moment. We haven't seen Poole finish the deal. Like you saw Have last... Haven't seen Phoenix? Hold on. Last year you saw Ayton not finish the deal. Then that's him taking his lumps. This year... I, 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 I okay, accept you say he'll pool be better. Might take what is Paul going to do when he gets to that same point? That, that atmospheric pressure changes when you're in the finals. I don't know. But if you're banking on that, as you said, good luck with that. I'll take this bet. So I'm looking at these teams that they messed up. All I could do is see DeAndre Ayton against the Warriors. 20 and 10 average in the season series. Wasn't the playoffs. But in the playoffs, what's Jordan Poole going to do? If you look at the depth, I'm liking the depth for the Phoenix Suns as much as I'm liking what I see from Golden State. It's going to be an amazing series if they get at it. But don't you dare try to neutralize these centers and the effect they're going to have defensively. Let's simplify it. Okay, let's, let's simplify. go. Let's go. Let's
1: go. Let's go. Um, the simplest card game I've ever played is war. Oh, of course. Simplest card and game. And Vegas got it now. I love that. Oh, yeah. It's, simplest it's card money. Game. Money gone. All war is if y'all ain't never played some simple war. Let's <laughs> do it. Whoever got the highest card. Wins. If y'all hit with a draw, hit them with a quick I. I. Claire. War. Highest card wins. Okay. If you wanted to play war and you had a deck with the Warriors players in one pocket yeah. and you got a deck are we drafting with the Suns over here players are we drafting? in one pocket okay. and we laying them out and we playing war real quick. We playing war. The war, we yours are going to win. That game <laughs> now because trash. I'm going to play out of clay. That boy good. I'm gonna play out of Drake. You're not You're playing, playing, playing Clay play. first. No, no, no. no, no, no. I am exactly about to say, that's a seven. I got eight. Clay ain't ready right now, fool. No, Truth be told. Don't do that. After you play Chris Paul, after you play Booker, what? that's it. Like, I'm not scared oh, no. of anybody what, anymore. What war? Are you doing
0: war memorial? Like, of the Golden State Warriors, 2016. Is KD coming back? Or I'm talking about right now in this moment. Let's play the highest card. Who is that? Steph Curry. I would say Steph, but he, he been hurt. Is. But it's he Steph. Has, but it's Steph Curry. But it consists. But it's Steph Curry. But like, <laughs> Steph. See here you go. War Memorial. I'm talking <laughs> war right now. I might play Devin Booker. But okay, Steph and Devin Booker. Let's get them out today. The okay. Okay. Boom. So I just beat okay. you okay. down. here. Right, both it. jokers go. Both jokers
1: go. Yes. All right. Now who's next? Are you playing right here, right now? Jordan Poole. Over. Chris Jordan Poole Paul. has three. Three of his six yeah, games, yeah, yeah, yeah. he has five threes. Yeah, I give you some. Thirty plus in three of the games. Okay, I give you some of that. I give you that. And then who you gonna play? You gotta play two uh, play. Okay. Then I'm playing Clay. Clay over Aiden?
0: Clay over Chris Paul? Now you just want to win. You're rigging the game. <laughs> nah, you, you you played Chris Paul after I played. Uh oh. Uh-uh, uh oh. I did not say my Chris Paul. That's what happened. <laughs> Big Joker again. Coming up, Draymond Green says he's never going to change the way he plays the game after being ejected in the game. When I cheat, when I play cards, I don't know about you. I was sitting on that one. We'll tell you if he should. Next, I'll speak for yourself. Mm mm mm. USFL action continues Friday as the Philadelphia Stars battle the Michigan Panthers at 10 Eastern on FS1. Then Saturday at 7 Eastern on Fox, Todd Haley's Tampa Bay Bandits take on Skip Holtz the Birmingham Stallions. Now, Draymond Green was ejected in the second quarter, Sunday after being called for a flagrant two foul on Brandon Clark. Draymond spoke about the ejection during practice Monday and said there is no reason to wonder if it will impact the way he plays.
1: Listen to this.
0: I'm never gonna change the way I play basketball. It's gotten me this far. It's gotten me three championships, four all-stars, defensive player of the year. Not gonna change now. My reputation is a badge of honor. Not everybody can earn that reputation. If I take the bite out of out of the way I play, then we go home early, and and the points don't matter anyway. So, nah, I don't know how to na- take bite out. That don't really work for me. Mm, Got to bring in Fox NBA analyst Slick Rick, the Buker Balacho.
1: You have an issue with Draymond saying he's never going to change? God, I have a huge issue with it. Mm. The reason I have a huge issue with Draymond saying he's never going to change is because that's to assume that, Draymond, you can't get better. Like, I understand you have three championships. You could have had four if, I don't know, you didn't get suspended from Game 5 2016 NBA Finals for hitting LeBron James. you, You could have had more championships. You could always improve. That's what frustrates me about Draymond Green. It's as though because he knows he is good and has cemented to some degree his legacy in NBA history, he can't be better. Relationally, yes, somebody can do a whole bunch of good things, but there is always room for improvement. Draymond, if you did not get... Uh, another flagrant and thus get thrown out of that game because of the flagrant, two. then the Warriors wouldn't have been in such a predicament to have to win the game by one point without their best defensive player on the floor when John Moran is trying to drive to end the game. So I'm frustrated by it because it sounds like complacency. And here's why I'm frustrated by it. Because I am Andre Iguadala. What do I mean by that? No, not I'm Nigerian. No, <laughs> I am. I'm <laughs> um, Andre Iguodala. If you remember, after Draymond is celebrating, celebrating, and celebrating, you'll see through the corner of your camera, Iggy is trying to tell Draymond, "Hey, big dog, chill out." Probably for several reasons. Maybe because, <laughs> hey, maybe they'll rescind it from a flagrant two to a flagrant one. But watch closely now at the end of the game. Draymond hyping everybody up as though he played the last half of the game. He didn't. He's hyping all those boys up. Then you see Iguodala walk up to him like, hey, big dog, let's, mm. let's talk. Let's talk. Hey, let's rap. Chill, like, that, that, was, that was dumb what you did. Draymond ain't having none of it. Now, Draymond, as great as you are and as much as you've accomplished, remember, is a NBA Finals MVP talking to you right there. So who am I? I'm truly Andre Iguodala. Draymond is great, but I also understand he could be better. All
2: right. We edited the, que- we edited the response. We said that Draymond Green said he's never going to change. He said, I'm never going to change the way I play basketball now. So we have to parse this out. What are you saying? I would take issue with Draymond. Why are you bringing on your, bring it on yourself, skipping off the, off the floor? That's, That's Antonio brown S skipping off the field. You might have an issue on the sideline, but when you make a spectacle of yourself, now you're taking it too far. And I'm sure, to your point, Acho, that that's exactly what Iggy was talking to him about. But if we're talking about what he did that resulted in the flagrant fouls, I'm with him. He has to play with an edge. He has to have that intimidation factor. And for the most part... It has worked because he's been able to intimidate not just certain other players, but the referees. Because in general, uh, look, first round with Nikola Jokic, he was pulling all kinds of tricks to get under Jokic's skin and got away with it. Was very demonstrative anytime they did try to call him on something. He's been demonstrative these whole playoffs. For the most part, has not been called on it. And have we asked Pat Beverly... To change the way he plays the game, <laughs> have we asked P.J. Tucker to change the way they play, the way he plays the game. They all have a certain irritant aspect to the way they play that is vital to them. And for where Draymond Green is right now, and against these young Memphis Grizzlies, it is more important than ever <clears throat> that he have that edge. And he tried to impose that intimidation factor. All the other stuff, the extraneous stuff, the, what's he, what he's going to say on his podcast or the way he skipped off the floor, I'm with you, Acho. That, I, we, you don't need that, and you're only bringing more on you. But as far as the way he played, I get it. He got caught this time, and the, I think the referees were sending a message early on, we're not going to do this, and technically hit him in the head. That's a flagrant one. And then you yank him on the jersey. That's not a basketball play. That's another flagrant run. Flagrant one and flagrant one ends up to flagrant two. I get why he got tossed. But what he was attempting to do in terms of intimidate Brandon Clark, I understand why he did it. and I think it's part of the Draymond Green formula.
0: I'm closer to you, Slick, on this one right here. I have an issue but not issues, not a big issue with Draymond. Look, Draymond's mental makeup is real. We all can see it's pretty transparent. He knows that what makes him at times will break him, which is I'm going to live close to the edge. As we used to say in football, I play to the echo of the whistle. Rodney Harrison comes to mind. That means, hey, mm-hmm. everything I do comes with a message. Now, I think a lot of times, especially like in these moments, we talk about how it hurts Draymond Green. Like it hurt him in 2000, what, 16, as Ocho brought up, when that punch or that kick got him kicked out and they could have won that championship. But Ocho, if they would have won that championship, then they may not have won three championships because KD wouldn't come if they would have won. And then KD's not there. Who knows if they would have continued winning? A lot of hypotheticals here. But let's talk about how the reputation helps Draymond Green because people don't talk enough about this, and I'm here to help you as a former player. When you have one of those reputations of being a guy close to the edge, reputation of being physical, guess what the referees already expect? Physicality. Let's go to a Baltimore-Pittsburgh-Steelers game. They not calling that game the same as they are, a Chargers-Chiefs game. They looking like, yo, these boys about to go act a fool and be in the alley. Holler at me when y'all come back, and then I might throw a flag. I think Draymond Green has benefited tremendously by his reputation of being physical. It's just every now and then... Draymond Green is going to have to get a little slap on the wrist or something greater. But all things considered, I think Draymond Green is absolutely correct in terms of this is the way I play. I play greater than the sum of my parts. I'm not the biggest, I'm not the fastest, and I'm not the strongest. But guess what? It adds up to something greater because I play with that edge.
1: Do y'all realize that Draymond never changing has kept the Warriors from being known as the greatest basketball team ever? Let's hear it. Like, y'all do realize that, right? The 73-win Warriors outpace the 72-win Bulls over the course of the regular season. Mm -hmm. If the 73-win Warriors go on to win that title, and for the most part, you can assume they would have based upon what they had done with Draymond present, if they go on to win that title with Draymond, they are unequivocally, undisputed, the greatest basketball Mm -hmm. team we've ever seen based off the empirical data. Now, some arbitrary fan might try to argue, well, they weren't as good as the Bulls, to which you just say, well, they had more wins as the Bulls. Well, they weren't as good as the Bulls, to which you would just say, well, they beat LeBron James en route to winning a tie. Well, they weren't as good as the Bulls. Okay, keep your little fanciful obsession with the 96, 97, 98 Bulls to yourselves because the data would support that they are undisputed the greatest basketball team ever, but Draymond. So the question we have to ask ourselves now is why we always got to keep saying, but Draymond. Slick, I'm with you. As far as Draymond Green, right, it makes him him. But what's more important, your edge or your presence? Mm. I love Draymond Mm. Green's edge. But the problem is his edge has made him absent far too many times. So while I'm obsessed with the player playing with an edge, I would rather have your presence than your edge any day of the week.
2: I think that's fair, Otto. But you're focusing on one incident and one situation. And as we played... The video there, I'm like, really? In the finals? He got, he got suspended a game for that? Like, I, I, I still question that. That also wasn't the only element that kept the Warriors from winning that series, or should I say the Cavs coming back and winning that series. Andrew Bogut went down with an injury. Andre Iguodala was dealing with a hamstring. Steph Curry was da- dealing with a sprained knee. I'd like to think that if Draymond Green hadn't been suspended for a game that they would have won the series, but that wasn't the only factor there. To say So to say, hey, they would have won another championship and or they would have won that championship, and therefore they would have been considered the greatest team ever, I'm not mad at you for posing that possibility if they had won it, but the fact of the matter is Draymond Green getting kicked out wasn't the only reason why the Cavs made the comeback in that series. Here's the other part. For all of the other success that Draymond Green listed, all of that is a result of him playing that edge. And I mentioned with this series in particular, the Memphis Grizzlies, he needs it more than ever. Because as you guys talked about earlier in the show, like these or Marcellus did, Mm. reference the fact that these aren't the same uh, Golden State Warriors of four years ago when they were running for championships. He's an older Draymond Green, and he's dealing with a Brandon Clark because that's the the grizzly that he pulled down. Like, Clark is just – there's no strategy with him. With Jokic, Mm. you can take a, a cerebral approach and break down his game. Brandon Clark's got a quick leap. He's a young dude and he's got a real great instinct for rebounding. So getting him off of the offensive boards, keeping him off the boards in general, is just work. And Draymond Green at this point can't match him athletically. Mm. So what do I need to do? I need to intimidate him just a little bit. Maybe I can take a fraction of a second off of his response when he goes up if he thinks, oh, am I going down? Am I going to get hit? What's going to happen? That's where Draymond Green is playing the game because he has to play the game against these Memphis Grizzlies that way. And so going back to the original question, like he's not going to change the way he played basketball in game one. And I'm not mad at him for it because I think it's the only way that he can neutralize a player like Brandon Clark.
0: Yeah, it just reminds me of when I got drafted and then everybody looks at you differently because you just made it or got some money. And then there's always that group of people who made it or finally reached their goals. They're like, I ain't going to change. I'm like, dog, <laughs> what the... What? I, I moved so fast, so far, as soon as I got a five dollars. I'm out. Didn't mean I changed me at the core, but I make micro decisions that are different and some of them may be macro, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Draymond... Don't fight growth, bruh. Don't fight the growth. Like, it's okay. Don't fight that part. Let it come with it. But Slick made a great point. Um, Draymond, it doesn't seem like it's calculus anymore. It seems like simple math. We use this in sports. When you couldn't touch somebody on the field, we had to touch them up. Basically, if he was too damn good, too damn fast, too damn young, whatever, put some hands on him and we'll see how he responds. And Draymond Green's at that stage in his career. He's maniacal. Like, It's okay. I think if I were more maniacal, mindless, and wild, and just physical like that, I would have been a better player. I ain't lying. I think Draymond needs to be applauded for most of what he's doing. Now, here's a little history lesson for my boy Acho, because he always – we can't talk Draymond without talking Warriors, obviously, but then the Warriors turn into KD, and then it turned into a step – here we go. Um, They wouldn't have been the best team ever winning those 73 games. Let me remind you of a couple of things. One, in the finals, they played – Matthew Della Vadova and LeBron James and Kyrie Irving for one game, and no Kevin Love. Let's leave that alone. Um, they went 15 and 9 in that playoff run. The next year, the KD team was better. They won 67 games, but they went 16 and 1 in the playoffs. Nobody was touching those boys when they activated playoff time. Just had to get that off my mm. chest. Coming up, James Harden and the Sixers dropped game one last night without Joel Embiid. We'll tell you if it's time to panic. In Philly, next, don't speak for yourself. Got them hog maw triceps, like he did been The Sixers dropped game one to the Heat last night. James Harden didn't step up in Joel Embiid's absence, scoring just 16 points and had five turnovers. Philly was outscored by 15 in the second half, and Harden only took four shots. Embiid will miss game two with an orbital fracture. Ouch. But the team remains hopeful he can return in game three or four. Got Fox NBA analyst Slick Rick DeBuca with us. Macho. Is it panic time
1: for the Sixers? Past panic time, y'all. And this is not a hot take. It's just reality. Slick, um, we already know this much. The Heat have a better team than the Sixers. The Heat have a better coach. Than the Sixers, the Heat have more championship experience than the Sixers. The Heat have better management than the Sixers, so the Heat really have better everything. When you're talking top down, I'm talking Pat Riley, I'm talking Spoelstra, I'm talking Jimmy Butler, to Bam, to Hero, to everybody on that squad, Ooh. top to bottom, the Heat are just all around better than the Sixers. So even if the Sixers were fully healthy. Like, assume Joel Embiid was actually out there and playing, not coming off a concussion, had no orbital fracture. I would still be panicked for the Sixers, just knowing who and what the Heat are capable of. But Slick, (laughs) given the fact that the Sixers are not even healthy, that they're not even healthy, and when Embiid does come back, he's coming back off of a concussion. If y'all at home have not had a concussion, you don't just come back as sharp as ever. You coming back off a concussion and still dealing with an orbital fracture? I'm beyond panic, but Slick, if we can really dive in. Uh Uh-oh. How can Tyler Hero have more points than James Harden? Tyler Hero came off the bench, by the way. And how can Tyler Hero take (laughs) more shots than James Harden? That actually is more worrisome and more panic-inducing than Tyler Hero having more points is the fact that he took more shots. I can't have the Miami Heat sixth man outscoring the Philadelphia 76ers' former NBA MVP, former NBA scoring champion three times, former greatest player to ever touch a ball and score of this generation. I can't have the Heat's sixth man. One, two, three, four, five. Sixth man <laughs> outscoring James Harden at the point in which the Heat's sixth man is outscoring and out attempting James Harden? I ain't got nothing for you, Slick.
2: Mm. Oh, Hacho, You're looking through the, the wrong end of the lens. No, there's no reason for them to panic at this point. What did Miami, the Miami Heat do in game one? They held serve. They defended their home court. And were we shocked that that happened, considering how recently they found out that Joel Embiid, the shock of not having Joel Embiid for game one, Yes, James Harden underperformed. I don't know that that's necessarily a surprise either. I never Mm. thought that James Harden was going to be the one that was going to lead them anywhere. But here's the reality. The Miami Heat played small ball. Nobody took more advantage of that than Tyler Harrow. At certain points, Tobias Harris had to play center for the Philadelphia 76ers. They're not a small ball team. So why am I panicking at this point? If I'm going to get Joel Embiid back for game 3, even if they lose game 2, I'm getting Are you forgetting Acho? We're talking about the rightful MVP of the season. Mm. The guy who was leading and carrying mm. this team about before James Harden got <laughs> no, there. Wrong name. Without a Ben Simmons. Yeah, so, this idea that Joel Embiid can't have the kind of impact that an MVP has at both ends of the floor and that they can switch this from trying to match up with the Miami Heat small ball game because DeAndre Jordan has retired and just nobody's made the announcement, or we go back to playing 76ers style with Duel Embiid, and they get to impose their game. So even if they go down 2-0... Miami Heat has simply defended their home court. You get Joel Embiid back. And Bam Adebayo, we talked about Tyler Hero. Bam Adebayo had 24 and 12. You know what he averaged against the Philadelphia 76ers during the regular season? He averaged 14. So you're not, you can't tell me that Joel Embiid isn't, wouldn't have a dramatic impact on how this game is played and who stars in it if he's back. So no. There is absolutely no reason for the Philadelphia 76ers to panic, to panic because they lost game one to the team with the best record in the East on their home court without their MVP. Mm. Please, Marcellus. Yes, sir, sir. Make it make sense.
0: I can't make it make sense. This is going to be some clutter coming out of my mouth right now because. One, let me just get this out the way. Yeah, it's penning time for the Sixers. If they go down 0-2, it's a wrap. Let's just call it what it is. It may be a, it may be a bigger wrap than normal. It may not be a taco shell wrap. It may be a burrito wrap. It's bigger, but it's gonna take a six. Seven. It's a wrap. They're not winning this series if they don't win game two. Tell you why. Coming off an orbital fracture, even if you play game three, orbital fracture and concussion, you think you fresh? You think you back? Uh, It may take you a second or two to trust yourself in that moment. But Joel Embiid is a beast. If anybody can do it, maybe it's Joel Embiid. I got a few things to attack. Uh, One, Acho, my dog, said... (laughs) Boy, the indictment on the sixth man, like Tyler Hero can't play better than James Harden. Maybe he is just better than James Harden right now in this moment. In a vacuum, in a snapshot, if we draft him, I want Tyler Hero over James Harden. I think you do as well. And uh, the sixth man, you know, Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams. James Harden. James, uh, like, uh, just James Harden. <laughs> like, sixth man could go out there and get your buckets before. Don't act like that. What I want to say is two things. One, let's talk about the wrong lens, how you can look at this series. And Slick made a great point. Like, my son always does this with binoculars. He's amazed. Like, wow, Dad, everything that's far is up close. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool, huh? Now, flipping around. He's like, whoa, everything that's close is way far away. Well, let's look at this series the right way. It ain't that close. (laughs) It's real far away, like my son likes it. You're going to see they're only down one Slick, but flip it right, like my son. They are so far away in this series because you can't count on James Harden. Tobias Harris had a great game. Mama, another love Becoming Maxi. coming Maxi. Murder, she wrote, went out there and had a good game, too. It's just James Harden is not dependable and MB's coming back. What is that going to look like? I'm sorry. When there are two scoreboards, stop laughing out, When there are two scoreboards in every performance, every athletic activity, psychological and the actual points, psychologically, if this team doesn't win game two, it's a wrap. They're not going to come back from that deficit.
2: You know, of all the second-round series, as a result of Joel Embiid being out, I expected this one to be the most lopsided. And I'm not going by the final score. Right. But the Miami Heat did not dominate the Philadelphia 76ers in this game in any way, shape, or form. You know what they did? They outlasted them.
1: Yeah, sure, The sure. Philadelphia
2: 76ers wore out, and Miami just kept coming, which is what they do. But in terms of overall talent, and by the way, I'm with you, Celis. Like, Acho's making it sound like Tyler Hero. What's Tyler Hero <laughs> what a doing beast. score 25? Tyler Hero... It's going to be the sixth man of the year, yes, so beast. the fact that he acted like the sixth man of the year is not exactly <clears throat> a shock. here's my problem particularly. Though,
1: Here's my problem. I got to cut you off right there. Oh, he because got to. Huh? It's not that I'm, uh, I'm surprised that Tyler Hero, Slick, a six man yeah. should not be outperforming James Harden. If a six man is outperforming uh, uh, former what? MVP James mm-hmm. Harden, mm-hmm. that's why I'm panicking. Tyler oh, Hero, whoa. Tyler Hero proved himself to be a dude two years ago in the NBA finals. We know yeah, Tyler Hero's a dude.
2: I'm saying Tyler Hero shouldn't I, be putting up more shots than James Harden. I understand now. I understand Acho's approach to this entire show now. Oh, oh He's oh. still living in 2016. There he is. He's still thinking about the Warriors <laughs> back when it was 2016. Called and he's out. thinking about James Harden when he was back mm. th- in 2016. This James Harden, I'm, I hate to tell you, this is not a surprise to me. Not at that all. That James Harden looks like he's out of shape Fair. and he can't go get 40 when you need 40. Like, Fair. I don't know the last time he did that. So there's that. But uh, with and there's the the Tyler Harrow element. So I'm not I'm not shocked by anything that happened. And by the way, the Philadelphia 76ers were a top 10 three point shooting team during the regular season. They shot 17 percent in this game. The Miami Heat are not. They shoot a high percentage. They don't make a whole lot of threes. They don't shoot a lot, a whole lot of threes because they don't have a whole lot of three point shooters. Philadelphia 76ers lost that category in a major way. They're not going to consistently lose that category. And here's the other part. And this is, this is the part we overlook with Joel Embiid is that he has as much of an impact on how the 76ers play defensively as they do offensively. They had no rim protection. And so it wasn't just because Miami only shot 25% from three. Thank you. We got highlights of, of, we got highlights of Tyler Hero hitting some, some deep threes. That was the exception, not the rule in this game. The reason that they took the Philadelphia 70s, they, out, they wore them out, is because they had free reign to get to the rim. If I get Joel Embiid back and I get him back for game three, and you guys make a fair point. We got to see what he's like with the orbital fracture. Oh, but he's played with an orbital fracture before. It's supposedly not as bad as the last one. Mm. He's in concussion protocol. Not that he's having necessarily concussion symptoms. So it's not as if he's going to come back with his bell still rung. So I'm going on the assumption that Joel Embiid is going to come back and he's going to be ready to play. And if he is, then I believe that the Miami Heat are going to be in a dogfight. And I would dare say what happened in game one actually gives me more confidence that the Philadelphia 76ers have a chance of winning this series because Miami should have dominated them. They should have put this game away by halftime and never let the Sixers sniff it. All right, instead, Slick, I'm done. It was a fight. I'm through done three with quarters. your nonsensical stakes,
1: Slick. Okay, I let you talk nonsensically oh. long enough, Slick, but now I gotta come back with some haymakers and some right hooks. Um, Slick, if you are admitting that James Harden is out of shape. Which I agree with. I started the show with four different full screens, which I'm not going to bring up Uh. right now, explaining why James Harden is out of shape. If James Harden is out of shape and Joel Embiid is absent, so we know and can to some degree admit we're going to go down 0-2, we being the Sixers, then how could you not be panicked? Because now you have to win four of the next five. That's the first problem. Because I agree with you, James Harden is done for. So if now you are depending upon Maxie and Tobias Harris against Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, who's supposed to come back eventually, Bam Adebayo, Adebayo, Tyler Hero, amongst others, that's the first reason I'm panicked. But then the second reason I'm panicked is this, Slick. Don't be deceived by the fact that the Sixers were able to keep up for a half. We knew the Sixers were going to be able to do that, and we knew the Sixers would get outlasted. You said James Harden is out of shape. You cannot tell somebody is out of shape until you have to test their endurance. So all the Sixers did yesterday was prove exactly who you have admitted mm. they are and who I agree with them to be. Mm. So the Sixers staying close for a half is no uh, condemnation on, on, on a Heat, and it doesn't even point to anything for the Sixers. Mm. It's just, we knew that was going to happen. I'll end it with a, um, a note Marcellus will attest to. Mm. Just because you can run with Usain Bolt for 50 meters doesn't mean you were actually close in that race. We know Usain Bolt don't get out the blocks. We knew, Justin Gatlin, you would be close with Usain Bolt for the first 50 meters. We just knew that's when Usain was going to separate. So I'm not going to use the first 50 meters of
2: the race as any sort uh, of time to say that right. it was close. Go ahead, Slick. I like hold, this. Hold on, hold on. Sell us, Yeah. we Yeah. We're talking about Usain Bolt, and Usain Bolt is wearing a boot on one foot. <laughs> then, then, if you're, if you're staying with him, <laughs> through 50, 50 meters. Either. You're yeah. not surprised, okay? <laughs> but you bolts wearing a boot. Oh, boo! So like you're ex- you you are expecting I'm I using this analogy correctly. You know the other It's
0: funnier when he's burning. Let's <laughs> <That's cold>. go.
2: <laughs> Here's my whole point. Like no. There's no excuse for the Miami Heat, for the 76ers, to be able to stay with the Miami Heat for a half. Like, what is this? No, we expected it. No, we didn't. No Joel Embiid uh, and Jane Harden out of shape. So, they should have got run from the beginning. Nah, and they slick. were not. That's where, that's where we separate.
0: Nah, slick, I'm gonna have to do it. I gotta take it back to my game. Let's get out of track and field and boots. I don't know what the hell's going <laughs> on. They wear spikes anyway. Here we go. Um we used to call them first quarter warriors. Coach used to talk about it. He said, hey, before you go out there and burn the wood, you gotta chop it. And that meant you gotta practice. That means you gotta be in shape. You gotta be ready for four quarters, because no matter who we played against. Even if you were way the sorriest offensive tackles I ever played against when I was the best I was, it was hard to get a sack on them in the first quarter. Them dudes, like, I'm a former All-American, too. I'm like, you're built like a water balloon. Why I can't beat you on every play? It don't work that way. But then over time, things start to decay. One, your fatigue makes a coward of all men. Two, you start becoming a thinker. Three, you may just get out of your own sorts, out of your own skin, because you're like, damn, I'm doing better. You go in there for halftime, you collect yourself, and then you come out there and you recharge. We saw the Miami Heat kill them with depth and beat them with the talent that they have. Without the MVP mm. and what a fatigued, out of shape James Harden, let's just call it what it is, it's not enough. To bias hairs to go around, not enough for that. No, no, am no, gonna no maxi to go around. It's not gonna work. And if they don't win this next game, it's gonna be murder. She rolled. Coming up, the NFL draft is over. Did I kill the song or <laughs> what? And you know, I ain't killing more than Slick did that damn analogy. And it's walking over. boot. And Baker a walking Mayfield boot. is still in Cleveland. Running
2: in a walking boot. <laughs> Why are you in the race. <laughs> what is so tell you? Difficult his days
0: to... as a starter are. I just over. didn't know who
2: was supposed to be wearing <laughs> <Next. the> boots. <laughs>
0: Why are you racing this?
1: <laughs> NFL draft has come and it has gone. And Baker Mayfield, well, he's still a Cleveland Brown. Panthers appear to be an option, but they drafted quarterback Matt Corral in the third round. Peter King wrote, if I were the Browns, I'd try to get a 2023 seventh round pick, hey, Carolina and uh, pay 90% of his salary hey, just to get him out of Cleveland consciousness. Uh, Ouch, Peter King. Mm, mm. Burned. So, sell are Baker Mayfield's days as a starter over?
0: They're over right now, absolutely. Especially when he has this price tag over his head, $18.9 million. Not a single team, not a single soul is considering Baker Mayfield at that price tag. So, what does Cleveland have to do? It's got to reduce the number. You got to commit to more of guaranteed money in paying Baker Mayfield for that fifth-year option. Now we run into another problem. We got that out the way. I'm an organization. I don't really want Baker Mayfield at that cost. Oh, he's pretty cheap. Do I want Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield on the field, there are issues. I'm going to say this again because it sounds like I don't like the guy when I just report these facts. He's 22nd or worse in passer rating, passing yards per game, completion percentage, or passing touchdowns since he's been in the league. He's not a great quarterback. Some would say not a very good quarterback. Six wins, six wins, six wins, 11 wins. What's the anomaly? 11 wins. What's the norm? Six wins. Baker Mayfield's now on your roster. If you commit, he has to compete. Is Baker Mayfield like we were talking about with Cam Newton? Does he have the mental makeup? Does he have that type of mindset that can compete and lose? Remember, Cam Newton got out of New England because they didn't think he could be a backup think Baker Mayfield could be a backup? He needs a slice of humble pie. I'm sorry to say, man, everywhere I look, I see issues, whether it's the price tag, whether it's the competition, or do you even want to be around Baker Mayfield until he has that humble pie?
1: Mm, I like it, and I actually agree with the sale. Surprisingly, Whoa. you know I was Team Baker Mayfield to the day I died. To the fullest. Well, I guess I lived longer than I was supposed to. <laughs> um, because my days of being pro-Baker, at least as it pertains to him being a starter, the rover. I just don't, I can't make it make sense. Yeah. And I've tried to, I tried to force Baker Mayfield to the Seahawks. Baker to the Seahawks, it made the most sense to me. Mm. Clearly it made no sense to John Snyder. GM made no sense to Pete Carroll. Oh. Report said that the Seahawks interest in Baker Mayfield was lukewarm at best. Close quote. Mm. So they ain't got no interest in Baker. Well, now the Panthers, it made some sense, along with the Steelers, along with the Falcons. But if you take a look at the Panthers and the Steelers and the Falcons and what they did during the course of the draft, they all drafted quarterbacks within the first three rounds, Steelers being a first-round pick. So now the Steelers got Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. The Panthers have Matt Corral and Sam Darnold. And the Falcons have Desmond Ritter along with uh, our Mariota. So there's not even a space for Baker Mayfield to fit there. <clears throat> if we are being honest and self says we don't lie, just tell the truth too early, <laughs> Baker Mayfield's going to have a hard time finding a role as a backup in the national football league. Uh-huh. Yep. And that's the hard conversation that people aren't yet ready to have. It's not just that Baker went from a first string to a second string. Baker may have gone from a first string to a no team. Mm. Reason being, before you ever look at Baker, you got to look at his salary cap. And you got to look at, wait a second, is Baker worth $19 million to be a backup? The answer is no. Hell no. Is Baker have the talent to be a starter? The answer is no. So then now you got to mm. ask a no, new question. Mm. What use do I have for Baker Mayfield? <clears throat> Truth be told, the answer might be none. Sal, so give it to you like this, big dog. And I'm done. I'm done. I only got a little bit. You're going to end up taking us to break. Um, Sal, <laughs> <sighs> so before I bought my Dusty Bentley, what year is this?
0: <laughs> the old ass Bentley. Yeah, I found out it's dusty for a reason. That shit old.
1: Before it was oh. TD Jake's old car, okay? big dog. Oh, was it True really? It's for real? It's annoying. Oh, yes. man. Holy gas. Exactly. No, you respect you're here. Exactly. Talk about that. Sorry, later. brother. James. Before I bought my dusty Bentley, I had to make a decision because I was like, wait a second. A Bentley's not an everyday car. Nah. But this Bentley costs too much money for me to buy it to only use it on weekends. Be sitting it in the garage. So now I'm in a dilemma. Mm-hmm. Though I really want a Bentley, it costs too much to only use on occasion, but I can't use it every day. So in all honesty, I ain't got no use for it. Oh, guess I got to come back in a couple more years where Mm. maybe I have better use for it. Mm. Baker Mayfield is kind of like a Bentley in this regard. Mm. He costs too much to actually want to go out there and use him. And he cost too much to be a backup. Bang. However, you can't use Baker Mayfield as a starter. Mm. So now, what use do I have for him? I have none. Guess I got to come back another day, maybe, when I got used for him. Mm. And that's how I look at Baker Mayfield.
0: Man, man, man. I don't have an example better than that. Other than, I, I just, you fell off, Baker. That's what they say. And let me tell you how you actually see someone fall off. Because when you fall off, if you fall from the curb to, to the street, that's not falling off. Falling off is when you come from way up there and we can see it. And we're saying it as it's happening. Damn, dog, you fell off. Let me tell you how he fell off. He forgot about the human capital. He forgot about how everything was affecting those around him because he was so laser focused on who he was. Here are the elements that get you through the league. I had highs and I had lows. I'm from a small school and I ended up becoming something good in the league. And I fell off. Let me tell you about what got me to Buffalo. Potential. What got me from Buffalo to San Diego? Production. What got me from San Diego to Dallas? Reputation. What got me from Dallas to Jacksonville? Personality. What got me from Jacksonville to media? He saw. Her. He <laughs> fell off. <laughs> Baker, find out where you are. I think you're closing to Dallas. Might be in j Coming up, Hollywood Brown wanted out of Baltimore and got his wish. Damn it. Tell you what that says about his now former star quarterback. Say it right, Marcellus. Former star quarterback Lamar Jackson. Next don't Speak for Yourself. Did you do it on the spot? I did. I was listening to oh. you. Lamar Jackson was not pleased after the Ravens traded wide receiver Hollywood Brown to the Cardinals on draft day. Brown later said he told Lamar about wanting out. Mm. And that quote, the system just wasn't for me personally. So, Acho, what does Hollywood Brown want now say about Lamar Jackson?
1: Man, it says that Hollywood Brown doesn't trust that Lamar Jackson can get him paid. It says that Hollywood Brown Mm. doesn't trust that this offense with Lamar Jackson can get him his numbers. I don't know how much it says about Lamar Jackson, but it says about the combination of Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman that wide receivers don't want to play here. Mm. Think about it. Hollywood Brown saw Stephon Diggs get paid. Tyree Kill get paid. Devontae Adams get paid. Debo Samuels about to dip to get paid. And Hollywood Brown is like, it's time for me to try to get paid, too. But I can't get paid in this offense. There is an inverse correlation between Lamar Jackson's success and wide receivers' <clears throat> success in Baltimore. <clears throat> when Lamar Jackson was <clears throat> balling a unanimous MVP, when he was passing for 35, 36 touchdowns during the season, Hollywood Brown only had five hundred yards. But during the year in which Lamar Jackson was also absent but injured, more importantly, Hollywood Brown has his first 1,000-yard season. There's an inverse relationship uh, between mm. the success of wide receivers like in Baltimore that. and the success of Lamar Jackson. So at a point in time during the course of everyone's NFL career, they have to <clears> make <throat> a selfish decision because you can only get paid once or twice in the NFL. Yeah. You only do get paid big once or twice. Hollywood Brown is like, hey, Lamar Jackson, I love you. You my dog. I hope you keep balling, but I got to go somewhere else if I want to get my numbers. Lamar, you've already <coughs> gotten your numbers. You got your numbers with Mark Andrews, with Hayden Hurts, with J.K. Dobbins. But when you got your numbers, Lamar Jackson, I was struggling. Only 500 yards on a season. I get it. I done dropped some passes now. Oh, have you? I have you? dropped 500 yards worth of passes. I mean... I haven't dropped 10 touchdowns worth of passes. I mean... I had all them drops. I mean, we don't know. You ain't catch it. We could have found out. <laughs> (laughs) So if I'm Hollywood... I understand yeah. there's a inverse relationship between my success and Lamar's success. And when push comes to shove, I know Lamar is going to be successful in Baltimore. Yeah. And when push comes to shove, I, Hollywood Brown, want Lamar to be <coughs> successful in Baltimore. But Lamar's success is costing me my own and nobody can cost me my money. Because if it don't make dollars, Marcellus why Wiley-
0: It don't make sense. I hear you, big dog. Oh, let me start here. Um... Hollywood Brown is basically saying the system sucks in Baltimore and you're not good enough to overcome that system that sucks. Sorry to take a shot at you, Lamar Jackson, in my departure. But that's what I said through action, even though I didn't say that with my words. Basically, I'm with Hollywood Brown. Look, I would do this. It would have been a question. I would have been like, yo, I got to get out of here. Greg Roman here. I saw what he did with Kaepernick. I see what he's doing with you right now. Injuries, whatever you want to call it. Even though I had a career year, it wasn't with you fully, I got to go. And that's that's fighting inside me, the dad. The dad in me is saying, stay there. You had a career year. Stay there with Lamar. The team was injured last year. J.K. Dobbins and and Gus Edwards, they were hurt. And they still were doing well. And if you stay there after a career year and they're healthy – sky's the limit that's the dad in me you know what the uncle with me is saying because uncle's a little more a little raw man get your get away from Lamar Jackson and them boys they're gonna hurt your career because you're gonna mess your money up and I get it but it doesn't admit it doesn't it make him look a little weak just a little weak I know he's doing a selfish thing and it's selfless and selfish thin line but it's a little weak like this we all getting questions Lamar Jackson's getting questioned. Can you play quarterback? The system's getting questioned. Can you guys perform, especially in the passing game? Baltimore's getting questioned. Hey, are you guys going to be great or not? All the injuries. While they're doing all this questioning, instead of you answering the question, you want to run away. I, that happened to me in, in high school. First time I got arrested, I shot a BB gun. BB gun. I didn't think this was a problem. Shoot a BB gun, it ricocheted, to hit one of my teachers. That's assault with a deadly weapon. Who knew, right? <laughs> you imagine? I wasn't the only one out there shooting that one of y'all just ran because they questioning people out here. That's how he looked at me. Like, he just ran because he didn't want to get questioned. If you didn't do nothing, stay still. Make it happen. I don't know. A little weak to me. Coming up, DeAndre Hopkins released a statement after – oh, God, another one – after his suspension for violating the league's PED policy. Boy, we're going to get into this. We'll give you our thoughts next on
1: Food for Yourself. The NFL officially announced DeAndre Hopkins been suspended six games. Uh-oh. Violating the policy on performance-enhancing drugs. Don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Now, DeAndre Hopkins tweeted out a statement saying, in part, I am very mindful of what I put in my body and have always taken a holistic approach. So I am working with the team to investigate how this could have happened, but even as careful as I have been, clearly, I wasn't careful enough for that. I apologize to Cardinals fans, my teammates, and to the entire Cardinals organization. I never want to let my team down. I fully intend to get to the bottom of this. Mm. And as soon as I have more information, mm. I will share it, mm. thus says DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. So Sal, how does DeHop look after that state?
0: You ain't got to lie, Craig. You ain't got to lie. Look, I respected fully DeAndre Hopkins in his career. I mean, that was a pure career, especially because no matter what you threw at him in terms of adversity, in terms of quarterback play, DeAndre Hopkins showed up. And then he got busted for this. And let me just tell you how I feel about this. I'm going to speak for myself. Once someone gets busted for PEDs, oh, don't ever come up to me to my, "How you was a baller. I'm like, nah, <laughs> be, Because you know why? My career got cut short for one reason, one reason only, for real. If you just look at the numbers, I got hurt. I kept getting hurt. Now... If I would have took the cheat code, which it sounds like PEDs is, and look, I get it. I played in the game, and I was oblivious to so many guys doing it, and I just never even thought about it, in part because I was big, fast, strong. I had tangibles. I was like, I don't need nothing else. How much stronger you want me to be? I, I bench 500, I squat 700, run a 4-6. Like, I'm good. But I couldn't keep it on track. And now I realize that some of these cats kept it on track because they were just over there. Oh, here we go, whatever it may be. I am disappointed so i have a different category this includes friends this includes former teammates they know it like dog don't even talk about ball let's just talk about how the family and (laughs) i ain't got nothing for you big dog
1: because it messed me up i got another lap but i'm gonna let you go before that because i know i I, got too much time my only my only quick lap is this okay I actually respect DeAndre Hopkins' statement. You do that? I respect his statement. Here's why. So we always ask our athletes when you get caught with PDs for once, will somebody just be like, yo, you are right. You got me. Yeah. I did it. He didn't do that. He got as close to an athlete oh, saying I did it as horseshoed possible. He it. He, horseshoed. he got, he got him close. close. He said, you know, I always take a holistic approach. What well, we know about holistic doctors and holistic drugs. So he said, I always take a holistic approach to my body Hold and up. to my medicine. <laughs> he says, I don't know how this happened, but I will get to the bottom of it. And he says, I'll see you in week seven. He is just conceding defeat. He's like, you know what? He got as close to saying y'all caught me mm. as any athlete has ever been. And you're going to give him credit for that? I have to. Why? <laughs> no athlete is actually just going to be like, you know what? I did it. But as close as we've ever seen an athlete to saying, you know what, you got me, I'm guilty, was DeAndre Hopkins. The baseball players are like, I plead the fifth. We're like, oh, we know why you (laughs) plead. Um, Here's the thing. Let me help him out, big dog. Let me help
0: him out. I wrote this down. One of the best qualities you can have in life is the ability to hear what you're saying. Remember everyone in class and growing up in school, proofread, proofread. Everyone thought that was just for grammatical errors. No. It's also for logical errors. Mm -hmm. There's a flaw in your logic if you're going to sit there and try to show contrition but not be contrite. You can't say, oh, I did it or I didn't do it unless you're going to go all the way to the absolute. So this little, like you said, half pregnant, I did something. The only excuse I'm going to give them is this. I do know this for a fact. In the manufacturing chain of things that we can take, they also throw the stuff we can't take in there. Maybe he got a trace of it from that. But you know the percentage of chance that is that DeAndre Hopkins becomes the one that gets caught with the trace from
1: the manufacturing chain? And that he is. didn't appeal. He didn't even try to fight it. That's how I know he's just kind of like this. He said, I'll see all week seven. Not like, oh, I'm yeah, going to do yeah, my yeah. best to try to make sure the truth comes out. Mm. He's like, I'm going to look into it. When I find out, I'll let y'all know.
0: So is he a cheater? Yes. How do you y'all feel y'all about cheaters? Doubt. I'm
1: with you. I don't respect what you've accomplished
0: because you cheated. You God, if we cheated, we wouldn't be here if we cheated. Coming up, new ego AJ Brown said it will be special playing with Jalen Hurston in Philly. Did you cheat, Archo? I didn't. Did you? Did you? I didn't either. We'll tell you if he's keeping it 100 or just 99. Next, on Speak for Yourself. What's that voice you reading that thing? In? <laughs> uh, on this show, we only know how to keep it 100. but others out there, y'all keep it 99, DeAndre Hopkins. So each day, we're going to get to the bottom of who's really telling the truth, case in point. A.J. Brown is now an eagle and a very rich one after agreeing to a four-year, $100 million extension. Yesterday, Brown spoke about playing with his new quarterback, Jalen Hurts, and didn't hide the praise. Listen. Man, it's going to be real special, man. I'm so excited. I'm playing with someone who thinks like me. Uh, I talk to him every day, regardless of his football stuff, but uh, I'm so excited to play with him. He's a quarterback and I'm a receiver, so we get on the (laughs) same page quick.
1: I chose. Is A.J. Brown keeping it 100 or keeping it 99? <laughs> he's keeping it 100, big dog. I know they actually are friends. We saw the reports coming out on social media. If you've kept up with Jalen Hurts' career, you know they keep up with each other. Now, you got to go out there and execute on the field to make sure you can back up the 100 you was keeping it, but he's keeping it 100 for now.
0: Um, I don't think he's keeping it 100. I think he's in the honeymoon phase of that, that money he just got. So that fortune and that friendship is making him forget that you got to go on the field and make it happen. True. I'm not doubting Either one of them, but as a tandem, we don't know just yet. That's it for us. We'll see you tomorrow.